Well, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Digital Health Unfiltered. We are super excited today because we have a special guest, a dear friend, uh, Dr. Sophia Salim. Hi, Sophia. Um, do you want to introduce uh, yourself to the to the audience? And of course, uh, congratulations on the new job. Thank you so much. Um, hey, it's so nice to be with you and uh, and Nick today. Um, old friends uh, getting together again. So I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your audience. Um, I'm Sophia Salim. I'm an ophthalmologist and the new CMIO for Ambulatory uh, at Northwell Health. Is, uh, it's a health system based in Long Island. Oh, that's great. And we're so uh, happy to have you and talk with you again. Uh, I got to ask about your job and how digital health really fits into it. Is it, uh, especially when, when it comes to ambulatory and being a CMIO, is it a lot of you know, nuts and bolts, uh, clinical informatics, as, as we kind of studied it and understood it uh, 10 years ago, or, or tell, tell me uh, how, how digital health factors in. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think 10 years ago, the idea of, you know, informatics and, and you know, what happened in those, um, in those years were really about, you know, EMR implementation, um, EMR optimization. Um, but these days, I think that, you know, informatics is more about, you know, provider burnout and digital transformation. When you say digital transformation, I think maybe I'm you know, focused on the emergency department and sort of the inpatient world as one uh, meaning to me. But I guess uh, from the ambulatory perspective, uh, what does that term mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, in the inpatient side, you know, your patients are, are there, you know, they're, they're kind of, uh, they're, you know, in the hospital, they're not going anywhere until you discharge them. Um, but on the ambulatory side, you know, most of your patients, um, you know, that's where the majority of your patients are uh, from a health system perspective. Um, and oftentimes the majority of your providers as well. Um, and so when you think about digital transformation, you know, I really think about what's happening on the ambulatory side. And, you know, I have a lot of, you know, priorities, um, you know, in, in my new role, but, you know, the things that kind of stick out for me are how that provider really interacts with the EMR and, and the burnout they experience, you know, as, and it's well written about, um, as well as, you know, how do we distribute resources in an equitable way? We deliver care um, and we appreciate, you know, where the patient's coming from and what they need. Um, and then, you know, the digital transformation aspect and patient engagement aspect, I really see all these as, you know, incredibly interdependent and related on each other. Sophia, you mentioned a few things and maybe I want to peel out a, just a couple of them because, uh, you know, th- those are the interesting ones to piece together. So, for example, you talk about physician burnout and patient engagement. Yeah. You know, in the world that we live in um, and the way healthcare has evolved, sometimes those are at conflict because the moment you add more patient engagement, that means more messages, more data coming through, more information that the physicians should react to. And if you talk to physicians of the many you know, issues that they're dealing with as part of burnout, this is also a big one of them where you know, the constant need to respond to people, to weekends and nights and the effort that it takes of the uh, of my chart messages and whatnot. So um, how do you think about it and how do you see this conflict playing out. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent point, you know, and, you know, you really think about the patient provider relationship. You can't have a patient without a provider and, you know, and vice versa. It creates this yin and yang. Um, And so when you think about digital transformation and supporting the, the patient engagement, you also have to think about the provider and the burnout the, pa- the provider experiences. Um, and so whatever program you really set up, it has to um, be tied at the hip um, on that aspect, you know, where you've got 
the provider tower and the patient engagement tower. Um, you know, for instance, a patient might generate you know, data, that data could be in the form of remote patient monitoring, it could be patient reported outcomes about social determinants of health, functionality, structured screening, a lot of data. The provider sitting in their office at their computer is, you know, currently feeling the burnout just from the EMR and now potentially receiving that data um, and becoming uh, responsible for actioning it um, is, is a bit overwhelming. And, you know, how do we really integrate um, digital transformation and set it up so that we can leverage the data and the provider only has to manage that data, you know, at the right time in the right place. So, you know, when I think about how to do that and creating a structure where the majority of the care is delivered, you know, outside of the EMR and the provider receives what happens and the interactions outside of that, you know, one example that comes to mind is smoking cessation. Mm -hmm. If you were to ask a patient, do you smoke outside of the EMR? Um, and, you know, the patient responds, yes. And then you were to offer that patient from a centralized, you know, uh, place. Are you interested in smoking cessation therapy? And the patient says yes and enrolls or says no and, and defers and decides, you know, please ask me again in six months or says, no, I, I don't want you to ask me again. And we can offer that patient education about, you know, the harmful risks of smoking, um, all of those interactions are happening outside of the EMR. And if they're written back into the EMR, that provider, when they see the patient next, can open their chart up and see, I see that you were screened for smoking and that you decided to enroll or decline enrollment in a smoking cessation program and have a quick conversation. It really acts as a springboard for that conversation and facilitates mm -hmm. a more evolved delivery of care uh, for the patient. I mean, that sounds tremendous. I, I got I to gotta wonder, though, about some of the details and, and just uh, uh, we've been veterans of a lot of uh, third-party interoperability. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, trying to make that work. And, and I got to say also, like, uh, from the provider perspective or the patient perspective, if they develop a question when they're, you know, interacting with this uh, external system and they want to reach out to the provider and the provider might not even know what's going on. Like, how do you, how do you reconcile some of these uh, issues? Yeah, there's definitely guardrails around what you can and can't do. You know, it's not a full interaction outside of, you know, the um, outside of the EMR or outside of the brick and mortar office visit or telehealth visit um, because you don't have the provider there with you. You know, they're not in your pocket, um, but you can certainly uh, feel that, you know, the, the um, your provider is gaining memory about you by responding to these questions. Um, but you're right, Nick. I mean, this entire process is wrought with challenges. You know, you have to think about how do I centralize these kinds of programs? Um, uh, but I think that that centralization is critical, especially in an ambulatory environment uh, where you don't have, you know, case managers and, you know, navigators to really help every patient in your population. You have to create scale. Um, and, and doing that, you know, um, uh, with central services can help. Um, but you also have to understand that that data has to come back into the EMR in a meaningful way to the providers. Um, and so, you know, you want to be able to let the EMR collect the source of truth and, um, and, and, and be able to notify those providers at the right place in time um, and then be able to reach out to the patients, you know, when needed and when it's escalated based on those responses. Yeah. So... Sophia, you, you, you talked about equity. We talked about uh, patients, of course, sort of burnout. Just maybe focusing on the providers a little bit. Yeah. You know, do you find them to be active, passive, or reluctant partners in this thing? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of the providers that I've talked to about about this are very excited to get some of the things off their plate that they don't need to necessarily do. You know, if they don't have to screen the patient for smoking, then document it, then place the order for smoking cessation therapy and then follow up on the order. And all of that happens um, with with the patient outside of the EMR on their own time. They're very happy. I think the idea, you know, where the providers start to get reluctant is, uh, as we mentioned, that deluge of data that can come mm-hmm. in and, and what do they do with it? And so managing that is important. Um, and the other thing is making sure that we don't move CPTs out of their office and we, you know, we take out some of their business. So uh, we really just have to be responsible and strategic about what kinds of programs we want to set up. And I guess encouraging trust that like you'll handle the overhead and the, the busy work, but yeah, not uh, eating their lunch. Exactly. <laughs> Just adding value to their day, adding minutes back to their day, you know. Mm. And, and that's, the way to that's, you know, in talking about sort of measurement, you know, one oversimplification that I sometimes do from a business perspective, and maybe we move to the business side a little bit, is to say that any transformative effort, any innovation effort, you know, has to demonstrate value. And it does that either by, you know, impacting the bottom line by increasing revenue or decreasing costs through efficiency. So, you know, how are you thinking about measuring that and demonstrating back to the ecosystem that, you know, this is having an impact? Yeah, it's a very important question. I think it's hard to really understand because for so long, healthcare systems have been measuring revenue and business from a, you know, brick and mortar standpoint, you know, your P&L sheets for each practice. And, you know, what does that look like when you think about how to measure um, from a digital transformation standpoint? It's really, you know, not clear what the value is. Um, But if you look at, you know, you take one program and you look at the end of it and say, okay, what am I getting out of this one specific service? Um, you know, let's take RPM, you know, as, as an example, um, you know, you might measure the value there in, you know, a total uh, cost of care decrease. Mm-hmm. You could measure it in, you know, earlier discharge, uh, reduced readmissions, ED diversion. Um, you could also measure it in, you know, the small revenue. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as measuring in entire digital transformation and what value does it add, I think that, you know, it's still, you know, hard to put an actual dollar value. Um, You know, if you, for example, order an MRI for a patient and you um, in a digitally transformed state are able to have a high touch um, uh, interaction with the patient to schedule the MRI in-house and really uh, keep the patient engaged within your walls, um, you retain that patient and you develop an institutional memory of that patient and Mm -hmm. you start to really engage that patient for their entire life of care with your health system. that is a huge value um, and gaining that followership uh, for your health system. Because to be honest, if you're not doing that, um, you could lose your business to the guy down the street who is doing it. Um, and so in a lot of ways, our health systems are competing with each other and driving towards that. It's what our patients expect. Yeah. Yeah. They'll answer. So we're at the point of the podcast where we like to uh, make some predictions or put Put our guests on the hot seat. Uh, yeah, no, no, no pressure because you cannot be more wrong than I've been. No <laughs> Me included. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I keep coming back to this and wondering, you know, we were so involved with telehealth that are former jobs and mm-hmm. we saw years and years of incremental kind of growth in telehealth uh, or stagnancy in telehealth and then things exploded with the pandemic. And we've also seen sort of an explosion, I think, of patient portal usage. Certainly I've seen the... Uh, 
patients are, are just accustomed with the Cures Act to kind of getting their data in real time. And uh, I'm just uh, seeing that a lot now. But when I think about ambulatory digital health and transformation and, and these sort of third party things with the remote patient monitoring or smoking cessation, do you think we're going to have like an explosion, uh, maybe 2022, maybe a little bit later, or, or is it going to be sort of this incremental every year, just a little bit more, uh, more, more practices comfortable with it, more patients uh, getting used to submitting this kind of data this way, or is it, are we going to just hit this tipping point and, and something's just going to explode? Yeah. Um, well, if I had to plunk my penny down, <laughs> I would say RPM is definitely not, you know, something that I think is going to, you know, take off in 2020. I think, you know, we're all still kind of figuring out what to do with the data. Maybe in 2023, it might settle, but I feel like RPM is going to be sticky to specific use cases rather than being an overall, you know, everyone's got a, you know, a cuff or, you know, whatever the um, device is going to be. Um I, I really feel like RPM adds value, but like many digital tools that, you know, you've seen over the years, there's all this hype about them. And then they sort of fall into the use cases that they're going to land in. And I think RPM will, you know, be one of those. Okay. So none, the transformation isn't coming next week. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, Unless uh, you've got something to announce, but no. <laughs> well, Sophia, usually uh, Nick and I will make, make our own predictions, but since we have you, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll put you on the hot seat for maybe another one um, okay. and get your thoughts on that. So, you know, we, we've talked in our podcast a lot about the other players that are stepping into this space that really want to eat either the payer's lunch or the provider's lunch and so on. You know, the, the traditional, the names we hear are Amazons and Walmarts and so on. So like Roe and some of these newer companies. Absolutely. A huge, huge amount of interest in the startup community, everybody yeah. trying to transform healthcare and trying to almost create, you know, we had our friend Jessica um, on a, several months ago and she talked about this parallel universe around, uh, you know, patient care evolving and customer care evolving and, and yeah. so on. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question here is, uh, you know, do you think health systems have it to get it right? Do you think they have it to get digital transformation right? Or are we going to slowly cede the market to the other players? Um, I'm going to kind of flip that question. Actually, it's a great <laughs> question. But I kind of wonder, do the other industries have it to get it right? Because it's a very a complicated, um, it's a very complicated space. And if you look at analogies across, you know, a patient's care arc through the health system, you know, you can probably find industry analogies in marketing and access and, you know, uh, patient, you know, um, appointment making. Um, and then similarly, you know, perhaps in, in, in care um, readiness or, um, you know, uh, preparing the patient and then even in retention or care delivery, but you won't find one industry that can do it all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's the complicated part of healthcare. And no one really understands that better than health systems, but I really appreciate all of the industry experience. It's, you know, it's a learning community. We're all sharing our experiences and, um, and lessons learned. Um, and I think that, you know, the, the lessons that we can get from other industries are, are going to help health systems. I don't know that, you know, um, we're going to get it right the first time. It's going to be iterative. Um, it, it's just totally uncharted for, you know, health systems, but at this point they should be used to, um, <laughs> to, to transformation. I mean, you know, I can still remember when health systems were not on, you know, EMRs. So here we are and that that's foreign to us now. So we'll figure it out. That is great. Well, I guess, uh, that's it for this week of digital health unfiltered. Sophia, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. <laughs>